It's that time of the week, the time you've all been awaiting. It's the time for What's Your Point, where we talk about politics, sports, current events, and whatever else we feel like. What's Your Point is sponsored by Cutter Cigar Emporium in Alpharetta, Georgia. And we are Eric Holdo, myself, Mark Fredo, and Kevin Jenkins. Today we want to wish every one of our veterans a happy Veterans Day. Today is November 11th, 2015. Welcome to What's Your Point. Hey, Kevin, can you hear us? There he is. There he is. Tell everybody where you are today, Kevin. I am at PCB Cigars. It's uh, Panama City Beach Cigars in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida, where it is sunny. It's about 75 degrees. Michael the Whip Holst, our famous engineer from... Uh, uh, Shepard of Batman is down here. He's working the audio side of it. We're trying to get the audio. The audio is not working down here, so all they're hearing is my beautiful voice. But honestly, what else do they need to hear? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm sure they would hear it whether or not you were doing a show today or not. Well, I don't think that's appropriate, Greek. I really don't. <laughs> but it's nice of you to, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 I, I'm really glad you guys reached out to veterans. I'd like to, I'd like to say a special thanks to all my buddies who may be hearing this show from BP-26. Those were my two duty stations in the four years I was in the United States Navy. And I'm uh, very proud to serve with those guys. They're a great, great bunch of guys and officers. It was interesting to see the difference between the officers in the, in the uh, Black Shoe Navy. They call it the Black Shoe Navy, the, 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 the Waterborne Navy, and the Airedales, which are called the Brown Shoes, or the Flight Navy. And uh, it was they were, di- they were two totally different kind of officers. The black shoes were more formal. The brown shoes were more, you know, kind of having fun and enjoying the fun. They were just a little more loosey-goosey. But uh, at the end of the day, all those veterans, and, and I, we have some mutual friends like James. Uh, yeah. In New Orleans, a great Marine. I got a very good friend here. Marky Ricketts served in the United States Marine Corps. So there's a lot of great veterans. John is here. John served. He's the one that kind of helped us spearhead the big event that we're doing down here Saturday for the veterans. Uh, we'll talk about it a little more in the, in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. But uh, we're doing a heck of an event to raise money for homeless vets and their families for the holidays. Uh, it's a big problem, friends, and, and, and people out there. You know, you don't hear much about the homeless vets. You don't realize the numbers of them that are out there and the pain and the anguish. You don't know, we lose, we lose, uh, you know, it's, it's like every day we're losing two more vets. It's, it's awful. It's, 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 it's got awful. It. And uh, so I, I really, you know, you know what I've noticed, guys? What do you think? Do you think people are, are getting more acknowledgement for our vets now than we've had in the past? Yeah. I, I think it kind of ebbs and flows. I think that, that there's a certain amount of um, uh, feel-good talk uh, about it, uh, but I see very little action being taken. Um you know, there's there's definitely private, you know, people and uh, organizations like Wounded Warriors and, and uh, VFW and it, all sorts of uh, veterans organizations are doing a, a great job, although some of them, I think, are embroiled in a little bit of controversy over how much actually goes to the uh, to, to the people. And, and, you know, that's the same issue that all charities essentially have, um, is that accountability for... 
uh, for what they're doing. But um, I wonder how many people out there, especially the younger people, understand why Veterans Day is on November 11th. You know what? That's an excellent point. I uh, bet I bet not many. Because I, I, I've heard a few people in the in the weeks leading up to Veterans Day wondering why it's not a Monday holiday like so many of the other federal holidays. And as we three all know that this is the 11th uh, month and yep. the 11th day, and that's when the armistice was signed yep. in World War One. The 11th hour, the 11th month, or the 11th day. Yep. So there we go. And then Bobby G's is uh, here in Alpharetta, Georgia, on uh, on Highway Nine, yeah. uh, right by Windward Parkway, just down the street from where we are. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things for well, our veterans, and I really, really appreciate them doing that. And I like to give a shout out now, Peter and Rinku Shah are putting on this big event down here on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have four different bands all day long. Chef and the Fat Man is going to be broadcasting live. We're going to do our show down here. Chef Eric is going to take some of the local. Uh, Fruits, vegetables, and seafood, and come up with some amazing dishes, no doubt. Uh, Budweiser stepped up big time. They are giving us some great uh, beverages that we're going to be selling, and all the books are going to be going to dogtags.com. And they're a great organization. Not only do they help uh, do they help homeless vets, but they uh, – I don't need that. I know. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, in honor of those who serve down here at PCB, take 30% off a box of a Laurora, Oliva, Perdomo, and Rocky Patel cigars on Veterans Day only at the PCB Cigars. So you got to get down there today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my God, man, without the cigar tax, you're getting the boxes at that discount. You're getting them for almost half, uh, for half price. Right. So that's what he's doing for veterans. So it's great to see that all of our friends and you, for our veterans. And, and you know, there are some other organizations, too. Um, uh, Olive Garden, uh, Outback Steakhouse, uh, there's several of them that are offering either, uh, you know, free entrees with with the salad or whatever. I mean, wh- whatever it is, they're making uh, some effort, which is which is good to see. Of course, I'd like to see some of that happen more than just one day a year. But um, Yeah, one day a year is not going to cut it. We were talking yeah. about that before we went on the air, that um, one proposal from – one of the gentlemen here at uh, at Cutters w- suggested maybe you should have a box on your income tax to where you can check it and $5 of your tax uh, will go to the VA or to veteran groups in general. Yeah. Well, that would be great. You know, and, and uh, we're going to get, of course, obviously, the debates because I took two pages of notes last night. It was the only one that I really felt I could sit down and really listen to because, you know, it was a great debate. But before we start that, and I think leading into what we were just talking about, the veterans in the one day, how about Starbucks? 
What about with the cops? I, that's much ado about nothing, in, in you, my opinion. You know what? I could care less. First of all, we already know Starbucks is a bunch of liberal whack jobs. So uh, are you really surprised? They're no. selling advent it, calendars. They're selling a lot yeah, of other Christmas. I, I don't think it's that intentional, by the way. Their logo's green. The cup is red, you know, and well, a white top on it. It's a, it's a goddess of some weird coffee. Yeah, it's, no, it's a goddess of, like, ships and something or other. I mean... But but that's what their logo is. Yeah, I know that's their logo. So, you know, I, I think what it was, I think everybody's a little sensitive because the secular secularists have been trying to tear down Christmas for how many years? They've, they've done it <laughs> many. every which way that they can. And I think what, what's become, what's happening is people are really... So now every time they see anybody that's even thinking about it, now people are starting to speak out. And in one respect... I'm really happy that they're doing it because I'm tired of hearing to generic, you know, uh, solstice parties, uh, uh, what is it, uh, winter solstice parties, and Christmas <laughs> parties. You know, you've got, uh, you've got everything generic. It's, it's happy holidays, so you can't specify the holiday. And to our Jewish friends, I'm sure they would appreciate a happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, but, but we have to do all this in the, in the realm of PC. So I think Starbucks, who, who, remember that ridiculous thing they did about put your own comments on the cup? Uh, Barbara Streisand that they did. Oh, that was uh, to start a conversation about uh, about race. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another way. I'll tell you what. First of all, it's way too much money you pay for Starbucks anyway. But they start these ridiculous, stupid controversies. So now they take this off the cup. I, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it had to do with the liberals running with the story because I don't I don't think it was that widespread. The outrage of, of them having this solid red cup was not as big as some of the liberal groups would want you to believe, and they take the opportunity to ridicule at any chance they get. That's a great point. I I, I really I because I, I, I've I've talked to a lot of very conservative people and. and very few of them have mentioned anything to me about being offended by it, but I think it's a. Yeah. There, there was an there was an online evangelist uh, preacher, who he's done like a half dozen things in his life, and uh, I think he was out for a lot of publicity when he posted his outrage about the cup, and and I think some liberals just took something like that and ran with it. Well, the the other thing is, you know, Dunkin' Donuts went a different path. They they actually, yeah, they put. They do have Leon's donuts. They do have Leon's donuts. Wasn't it Leon's? Is it the place right, right, right by Tyndall? It's really good. I'm, I'm, I may actually make an exception to my eating lifestyle in the next few days when I come down and join you. Well, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, Leon's is a, is a, is a donut 
Woodside Institution. <laughs> and uh, I will buy the donuts there, and then I will go to Dunkin' Donuts and buy the coffee. There you go. For, the, for those of you who don't know, Dunkin' Donuts has come out and said, we're, they've already got the cup. It's a white cup. It says joy on it, like the joy of Christmas. And it got the joy to the world. Yeah, joy to the world. It's a great Christmas cup. So well done. And, and Eric, I know you and, and Greek, you've done a lot of marketing. That's a brilliant. That's that's a brilliant step by. Uh, oh yeah, they they jumped on it <laughs> after Starbucks. But you know what? I, honestly, on the Starbucks issue, I really could care less. I mean, I think, uh, as Greek was saying, I think this is just absolutely much ado about absolutely nothing, and most people really could care less. Even even my most conservative uh, friends, it's like you know what? Uh, uh, really, really, yeah. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the <laughs> is that my rhino sound? <laughs> Sounds a lot like Jeb Bush last night. Oh, man. I did not watch the undercard. I watched it for a few minutes, and I, yeah, I just wasn't, you know, I even if you collect all of the support that all four of those guys have, and bundle them up and give it to one one person, that it's not it's going to be inconsequential. So. I, I watched it, and uh, it's kind of the same thing I've I felt with the other debates where they had the undercard. There are two guys on that uh, on that if you want to call it an undercard that I like, and uh, I you know I like Jindal and I like Santorum. Well, I, I, so I, I did watch a little bit, and I was kind of impressed by Santorum. Um, he's just too, he's inconsistent in my mind. Uh, and by the way, I thought that Christie did an okay job as well. Um, yeah, I, I had my two winners, my two winners last night on the undercard were Jindal and, and, uh, and, uh, and Christie. And, and the reason I gave the nod, I thought both, they, if, if I were to weigh what they said, both of them did a good job, but what what we got to remember is these debates are not about anything other than who's going to represent the Republican Party. So it's not, not about bashing Hillary at this stage, right? It, it, it's really about about coming out and saying, okay, and this is where I gave Jindal the nod. Jindal went after Christie hard. He went after Huckabee exceptionally hard because Huckabee is a good old. You know, the good old Arkansas boy from Hope, Arkansas, which we saw enough of that crap for eight years. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he goes ahead and he goes, yeah, well, I did, I did this, and I, I did this, and I did this for unemployment, I did this, and I did this. And he, he states it, and then Jindal comes back and says, no, 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 governor, I'm the only governor here that did this, this, and this. What you fail to mention is this, this, and this, and he just blistered him yeah. in a very professional and and what wasn't he the one that uh, wasn't Jindal the one that brought up the fact that New Jersey is 50th in terms of uh, friendliness and access to um, to new uh, businesses? Yes. Because of taxes. Did the same thing, and everybody said, "Well, you know, some of the I, I watched some of the people talk about it afterwards, and they were talking immediately afterwards. They said, well, Christie really won the day.' I'm going, what do you mean? Well, he talked about what he was going to do to Hillary Clinton.'" And I'm shouting at the TV screen, no, you maroons. <laughs> this isn't about what we're going to do to Hillary. Right. It's about who's going to 
to represent our party against Hillary. The one thing about Huckabee... No, the one thing I, I do like about Huckabee is I'm a fan of the, of the fair tax, even more so than the flat tax. Either one would be preferable to what we have now, but I do like the idea of a, uh, of a consumption tax. tax basically are there's two lines of thought i like the i like the consumption tax because it's fair on everybody everybody has to pay whatever they buy right all those immigrants and pay <laughs> I've heard anything from 14 to 18 percent which in europe they call that vat <laughs> yeah on top of everything else though yeah well but the way the way the fair tax the the way the fair tax was was structured by uh john linder when he was still in Congress was was a little bit different than a, va a value added tax. You would actually be stripping out what most of the Europeans do add in their value added tax. You would strip all that out under his proposal, and it would just go with the. I, I think he proposed a twenty two percent. Was yeah. I've heard it. I don't know, Greek. I've heard anything from fourteen to seventeen percent. The VAT in most countries is twenty five. So, like you said, they strip everything else out, and it's just. You know, and I think there are exemptions. Are there not, not with the uh, consumption tax, I think? Yeah, well, under Lind Linder's proposal, there was, yes. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's fair. I mean, look, if, if a family of four is making $30,000 a year, I'm not really too concerned about charging them the extra 17% for their hamburger. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm really not. I, I yeah, well, if you've got no payroll taxes... Um, you know, then yeah, for sure. Well, I, you know, one thing about that, where, where you talk about a threshold where people don't pay because Trump's got the proposal about people under fifty thousand, I thought it was a risk, and and but it was it was, it was a positive risk for Ben Carson last night to mention the fact that he believes everybody should have to pay at least something. Yeah, proportionality. He, yeah, he used the ten percent example of a billionaire or a guy that makes or. Yeah. Is it a billion he would pay a hundred million and yeah. if a, a guy, guy makes ten dollars he would pay one. Right. Right. So I mean it, and there's something to be said for the proportionality argument, which is that look, if you if you if you're not working, if you don't make anything, you don't pay anything. If you are working and you uh, you know, are making a few bucks, all right, ten percent, which is less than what's coming out of your paycheck now, is gonna come out. Right? People are forgetting that that ten percent is less than what's currently being sure. stripped out. Especially when you start adding in all the the add-ins, um, all the other payroll taxes, so it, it still ends up benefiting everybody. And, and I, I kind of like the idea. I just don't know how it funds. You know how how it. Um, um, and and Fiorina had a good point about look, you can't do uh, a tax reform and not do a zero uh, budget. Um, a shift to a zero balance budget and that's important because y you know everyone's saying well this won't fund all the programs in the government this won't fund essentially the government completely will will be going more into debt and it's untrue because if you're attacking the budget side of things as well you're going to work within the construct of whatever that number is and that's it you don't you don't have a choice you know there's there's no uh, there's no borrowing in order to meet that budget. So if everyone's got to take, a, if every department in the government took a 1% pay cut, or a 1% uh, budget cut, I should say, 
that would fund everything. You know what a lot of, I don't think any of them are talking about, they always talk in terms of the deficit, but you don't hear a whole lot of people talking about reducing the actual debt. Well, they, because they don't know the difference. Again, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The difference between debt and deficit are tremendously different. Uh, you know, deficit is, is based on current, uh, you know, what are we exporting? What what are we what are we uh, doing domestically? The, the surplus... The, the yeah. income to the outlay. Yeah, it's 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 basically your P and L, right? Your, uh, however, your the national debt is your balance sheet. And if you've ever looked at how you uh, evaluate a business, you don't evaluate a business based on the P and L. You you evaluate it based on the balance sheet, and that is the national debt. And and if if that's the case, we are junk bond material. Something's got to be done about it because. Uh I forget what year it is, but the interest on the national debt will be become the largest expenditure in the budget, even bigger than defense. I I, I forget the, what year it was, like 2025 maybe. Right. That uh, which is not that far off. Uh, it's gonna um it's it's just gonna cripple kids today. If, if you're if you're a, a teenager right now, I don't envy you in about 30 years. Yeah, very true. Because that's about you know if you're if you're 18 now. Yeah, we're we're you're you're. Uh, hey, uh, Kevin, I just want to remind the listeners that you're joining us via Skype today from beautiful Panama City Beach uh, cigars from PCB Cigars uh, down there. And so when you cut out a little bit, it's because we're we're pushing uh, all of our output through uh, Mixler through the same internet connection that we're connecting to Skype. So uh, that's why we might have a little hesitation occasionally in your uh, in your uh, voice. We should, which, which there's never hesitation in your voice. It's nice today. It's actually sunny. It's about 68, 70 degrees, something like that. Uh, absolutely beautiful day. Yeah, it's so about time too. Yeah, it's about time. Exactly. It's getting a little bit. This, little Seattle depression going on. Okay, so we're, when we, we, we started with the undercard, I thought there were two big losers. I thought Huckabee did not do so whatsoever. He relegated to the undercard, and I think the undercard is where he's going to relish. How, how much longer is there going to be an undercard, though? Uh, how, 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 are they are they going to continue Iowa. this all the way through Iowa? I think Iowa. Or, I mean, I think some will drop out at New Hampshire. Yeah, it might take care of itself. The problem might take care of itself. Uh, there, there won't be enough people for the undercard. Um, or, or how about this? Do you think that it comes a point where you shift it and the undercard becomes the place where you, you have maybe ten people on stage and the main debate is when you only have maybe four or five? Well, I know Fox News Digital Channel set the number at 2.5%. That's why Lindsey Graham <laughs> Did you see the commercial that Lindsey Graham ran during the debate? No. About how... People, something to the effect of people don't want to listen to him or, or people aren't giving him the time. And, and he's a guy that's not even polling at 1%. He is a whiny crybaby. He needs to, you know, the, I'll tell you what, the, he's made so many errors in his career. And one of the biggest ones, I think, is when he broke up with Laura Ingram. I didn't know he was dating her. Yeah, he dated Laura Ingram back in the Clinton days. Wow, I, that, that's news to me. That, that is a, Do you remember that? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. What an idiot. <laughs> yes, I do. I do, yeah. 
since there's been talk for many years that there that uh, there's more than one reason why he broke up with her. That you know that he he's uh, okay, <laughs> open-minded. Oh, <laughs> open for for a Bible thumper, he's open-minded. That's interesting. Yeah, we're lo- we're losing you there qu- quite a bit. He's a rhino's rhino. John McCain. You know, yeah, McCain. I mean, my God, that's your father. I wouldn't be proud of that. You know, now, now do not take anything away from his military service. Okay, you've ridden that trick pony, and you're entitled to ride that trick pony, and I give you the trick pony. Okay, but everything else, you are a disgrace. You're a disgrace to the Republican Party. You're a disgrace mm-hmm. to conservatism. You're just a disgrace. And of course, Lindsey Graham and him are just. But let me tell you something, brother. They they're just two peas from the same pod. This is true. This is absolutely true. The highlight of the undercard actually may have been Trish Reagan, the redhead. Let me tell you something. Who's oh, the the uh, the the moderator. Yeah. Yeah. What? I haven't seen her before. She's bounced around from a couple around a couple of different networks. I think at one time she may have been at CNBC. Um, but she's uh, quite a quite an impressive woman. <laughs> yeah. I have a weakness for redheads anyway. <laughs> There's no 12-step program for that. <laughs> but the whole thing is, I thought they did an absolutely outstanding job. I mean, you know, I thought the undercards did better in the regular debates anyway. The moderators, I thought, were much better in the undercards than they were in the in the overcards. But this time, I thought they did an exceptional job. And then, going into the main event... I thought they did an outstanding job. Oh, I think uh, I think the moderators were were excellent in the in the debate itself. They kept to the issues that were that were promised, you know, um, and it was meaningful discussion. There was more content, more actual plans, and more discussion about um, strategies and tactics than any other time uh, in any of these other debates, including the Fox News debate. And they got, li- they got very little camera time too. They, they took themselves out of the mix there. Right. Where, whereas in the earlier debates, you saw them, the, their questions were always preceded by a monologue. Yeah. Right. Right. See, this is what, this is what I complained about Fox news channel when they did the first one. I mean, it, with the exception of Brett bear, it was really, it ended up being all about the snarky, uh, the lead up to the question, the look at me, I'm Chris Wallace, look at me, I'm Megyn Kelly. And, you know, I used to be Megyn Kelly's biggest fan, but I'll tell you, from the debates on, I've just seen her go completely downhill. She is so full of herself. She is so, you know, look at me, I'm Megyn Kelly. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm really over it now. I used to have her, uh, I used to uh, uh, have it on my DVR. So I listened to all the I listened to half dozen of the morning show and all this stuff, and I had Megyn Kelly as one of them that I was always go to first. I've taken her off. I mean, I can't take her anymore. It's all about look at me. I'm so cute. I'm so funny. And then she does the cutesy little stuff, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm losing it 
where the redhead last night, I thought she was outstanding. She was crisp. Her questions were right on point. Um, and I thought all the moderators, all the mo- all six of them did an outstanding job. And in the in the uh, in the main card, if they didn't get an answer, they challenged the candidates. Yeah, no, I like that. But by the way, I think you are absolutely wrong about Megyn Kelly. I think I, I think I'm absolutely I'm absolutely <laughs> insulted by your comments. And if you were here, I would punch you in the nose on her behalf. No, no let me tell you something. You take the Megyn Kelly poster off your ceiling. Ceiling, hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. There is no doubt she's gorgeous, and there's no doubt that she's intelligent. I don't take that away from her. But she has become, which these other moderators, if she would have moderated like these other moderators did, she would be high, high, high on my list. I think you're being a misogynist. I'm looking at the Drudge poll that was taken. Or actually, you still can vote on it, but uh, this is not for as to um, the overall poll. This is just a, um, based on who they think won last night's debate. And uh, the Trump supporters are still out there. They, he, um, by a margin of over, well, right at 11 points, they have Trump winning the debate over Cruz, followed by Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina, and then uh, John Kasich, and very, uh, last but not least, Jeb Bush at, I, only, at only 1%. I got, I got to tell you, I think that poll is radically whacked out. Well, this is, you, you can vote in this poll as many times but this as is a, you want. This is a Drudge Report poll? Yeah. yeah. Well, in other words, people just plug into r- r- Drudge Report, they can go in and vote who they want to vote. Yeah, the Trump people probably stayed up all night voting. Yeah. yeah I mean, but but it, what it does do is, uh, you know, when I watch the guys, uh, I don't know, Gasparino or whatever his name is, when uh, right after the, the main card debate, they said who did who won, and he looked at the camera and he said, "Well, I think hands down, there's no doubt about it, it was Ben Carson." I go, "What?" And then he followed it up with, "Because he was so energized, and he really had, he really showed a total grasp of the issues." Well, I no, he didn't answer many questions on. And when he did, he was very vague. The best answer he gave was the when they asked him the inevitable question, which I thought was fair and good because he's gone through a lot of crap this last week about his, you know, his background and what was the truth and what wasn't the truth. And I think he handled it fairly well. But don't call, don't tell me the guy's energized. I mean, the guy is the, the guy is by his very nature, and you're not going to change it. He is extraordinarily laid back. Well, he's 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 reserved. He's not bombastic like some people I know. I I I, I, I disagree with you. Though. I mean, if, all right. If I'm going to rank these out, I'm going to say uh, I thought Fiorina did best. I think uh, Rubio probably did second best. I would put Carson in at third, and then Kasich Kasich would have done uh, much better in my ranking had he not blown it at the end. Uh, he was doing a pretty good. No, uh, I don't think so. He You're talking about the immigration stuff? Yeah, yeah. He he absolutely. Well, him and George Bush, uh, or Jeb Bush, were both on the uh, amnesty pro- uh, platform, and this poll at least reflects the fact that the uh, public wasn't too impressed by it. They're they're in last and second to last place. Yeah. I had those two at the bottom again. I had, uh, uh, but but go ahead. So you had you had uh, Carly Fiorina winning. Yep. I had her. Yeah, she I had I had Rubio Rubio second. Rubio was good, but I don't think he was he um the thing that bothered me is nobody tagged him on amnesty. 
if he would have had to address the amnesty issue, he would have dropped a couple of points. But since he didn't, and you notice he didn't even bring it up. Now, uh, while the others were battling about it, <laughs> he stayed. Out, he stayed, stayed out of it, yeah. He knows, yeah, he knows that's, that, for conservatives, that's a weak spot. Um, I had Rubio did a good job. Um, I, I thought, see, Trump, Trump, by being the front runner by as strong as he's led for so long, he doesn't have to do a lot. All he has to do is shore up some of the things that people considered his weaknesses, and he did it again last night. I think he was awful. I, I, I actually I agree think he was with. Uh, yeah, I agree with Eric. I thought he was terrible last terrible. night. Terrible. Yes. No, his answers were the same answers you've heard at every debate, but he didn't jump on anybody's case. He didn't start screaming and yelling. He didn't start. He, you know, he he actually said, "Here, Jeb, I got your back," or whoever's back he had. You know, he said, here, I'll help you out. Let him speak. Let him speak. I think it was Kasich. I thought, I, in my notes, I wrote uh, I wrote the term for a, uh, the, the the gross vernacular term for a and For a, for a what? Every time I thought someone, someone was a donkey, shall we say, a Democrat, oh. and he got four of them, Kasich. I thought Kasich was, first of all, he... His banking discussion was totally void of I mean, He had no idea what he was talking about on the banking issue. Okay, that's number one. Number two, his amnesty was disgusting. It was embarrassing. It was it was revolting. Okay, it was it was right out of the Hillary Clinton days. I, I mean, I don't think Hillary could have done. Well, really, are you just going to go and knock on the doors and pull women and children out of their homes? And, and I'm going, oh, gee, come on. Yeah, wait a second. I, so I, I, I'm sorry to say this, and if I've got to play my uh, my bumper here, I will. But I totally agree. You can't, uh, you know. Trump was on uh, uh, on MSNBC with the with Joe Scarborough this morning, and he described his deportation squads. I mean, I've I've got these jackbooted, you know, all dressed in black uh, guys in my mind that you know they're going to go out and they're going to pull the people out. And you know what? I'm sorry, you can't do it. it it's you can't do it. This is far more complex. Yep. You break the law and don't pay your taxes. Are they going to come and pull you out of your house? Nope. The, no, they actually. No, they don't. They actually don't. Well, they, 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 they work with you to try and resolve it. It depends on the the, the period of time that Look, and had, the amount of money. I had a hundred grand out, outstanding to them that, that goes back years and years, and 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 we were able to come to agreements and we communicated. And they're, they're, they always try communication first. Sure they do. So I, if there's communication about a process of, okay, you're here, we're going to give you six months in order to rectify this, this, and this. You're going to pay a penalty and, and all that. But they don't have to go away and then come back. That's just – it's disruptive to uh, – I'm sorry to say to the workforce. It's disruptive to uh, schools. It's, it's just – it's not a good idea. You can't do it. You can't stormtroop in and take people out. Okay, then how are you going to do it? You give me the mechanics of it. Okay, you've got six months to turn yourself in, and if you identify yourself as here illegally, you must go home. But if you do, and you want to get a worker visa permit to come back in and work, I will grant you the worker visa permit like everybody else. I would set up in, in Mexico and in, in countries where we have the largest numbers, Oh, well, especially Mexico and, and South America, where we get a lot of the, the labor, the arduous labor. Instead of making them go through uh, hoops and barrels and everything else, what I would do is say, look, if you identify yourself, 
Uh, I'm not even going to charge you a, a penalty or a tax. I'm going to say, okay, you've got what you've got. Now you need to go home, and we're going to set up um, places in that country, either through our embassy or substations, where you can come and reapply if you've been here once and you turned yourself in. But why go? Yes, why, why? Why do you go through? Why do you go through the process? I, I think this is what. Yeah. You, if you're going to let them come right back in, why not just? Let them apply now without going through this very expensive process of. And, and by the way, there's 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 a simple there's a simple question here. Okay, so you've got this guy who let's say has been uh, laying tiles. Okay, he's got a truck. He, he's got tiles. He's got he's got inventory. He might have a few people that have worked for him. Yeah, illegally, whatever. That's the. No, no. I'm I'm talking about the practicality. Are you going to seize all that? Are you going to seize it? What's going to happen to it? If you send him home, all right, now what's going to happen to, to his, essentially, his hard assets here in the, in the place? Are we just going to have abandoned work trucks everywhere? No, if, you know what? If he was here illegally, his ill-gotten gains, which are illegal gains, become property of the U.S. government. So you're going to confi- you're you're gonna gonna confiscate, confiscate his stuff, send him back to Mexico for a couple of weeks, then give him a work visa, let him come back in, but he doesn't have anything to work with. So, so now we're going to create huge storage but, but, facilities. Yeah, who's going to hold it? We're talking, uh, storing the stuff for for 11 million people. Okay, you know, no, it's not 11 million people. And first of all, that's a bogus number. First of all, it's not 11 million. 40 million or 40 percent of them are here illegally because of overstaying their visas. And those people you send home immediately. You identify yourself. You go home. You get a chance to reapply for your visa. If you don't apply, if you don't identify yourself. And we find you, then we deport you, and then you will never get a chance to get a, a, a but, visa back. But that doesn't answer the question of what you do with his stuff. Well, let me ask you this. When someone, uh, let's say a, a, a mob boss gets busted, he owns a, uh, a, a, a plumbing business. Okay, that's pretty popular in New York at the time, or electrical business. They seize all of his assets. Do they give them back to him? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on, it depends on the outcome. And, well, but but there aren't 11 million mob bosses. Yeah, I mean the the the, the there you've got you've. Oh, so how many are there? All right, so how many? If you take that the average family is four, and you've got the one breadwinner, so that's one fourth of seven million. How many is that? You figure it out. You know about. So you're not you're not going to deport the the other three people in the house, just him. Okay.
That's an egregious staying pat. So that's 40%. So you take 40% of the 11 million because they're figured in as the illegal. And you're, what, 7 million that are here that aren't overstaying their visa? No. No. What, what, all right. So, so. Statistics. I'm going by, you know, a, a number of different sources. I don't have them all written down in front of me. But if you take that number, less 40%. And according to Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics, they said 40% are overstaying their visas. Okay, so those are a, those are a category all into themselves. Those people made a contract when they came into this country; they were going home. Yeah, I, I'm not as worried about those that overstayed their visas. Um, I'm, you know, when you've got illegals who have come in here and then have a child. All right, so what happens to the child? Child's never been to Mexico. The kid may be 18 at this point. Um, in school. And, and in school, he's never he's never been to. And Mexico his, at all. And his dad's paying the tuition with uh, the assets that... Right. Okay, well, then if they've got family living here, then the child can move in with the family living here. So you're saying, so you're, what you're saying is, and both of you are guilty of it, it sounds like... I don't think guilty is the right word, but... <laughs> it got through. That's the way it goes. They got through, so we'll let them stay. And all those people that are sitting in these countries trying to get into this country legally, trying to do it right the right way, many of them waiting very many years to try to get here, screw them because they didn't cheat the system. So those who cheated the system, they walk in, they, hey, they made it. Congratulations, you win the lottery. You talk to them, they, they did an article a week or two ago. Why did you come to the United States illegally? Because we were told and we believe that if we get here, we get citizenship and we get, and we get benefits. That's why they're coming. And so all those other millions of people, and I don't know how many millions of people that have applied legally and who are trying to do it by the right system, screw them. Now, look, build a wall. I agree with that. Uh, I think Trump's got the right idea there. You've got, you've got to make border, uh, the borders non-porous. Yeah. But those that are, that are here now, that have been here, they could be here for 18 years, 20 years, 30 years, that are productive members of society – um, you know, they're, they're consumers, they are business owners, they are, um, la- they're laborers. Well, yeah. Okay. And most, most nonviolent crime, by the way, has a statute of limitations. Right. So if they have been here 20 years, um, yeah, what's the, what's, yeah, that's a very good point. What's the statute of limitations? I don't think there is one the, the on immigration. Ol- that's the problem. Well, right. And the only, the only thing there really, should, there should be, the only thing that has a statute uh, or that has. No, uh, no statute of limitations is murder. Okay. A- actually, no. There are some tax laws where there's no statute of limitations for not not filing. But it, but it has to be repatriated. They, it has to be repa- repatriated as part of the uh, as part of the agreement. Yeah, trust me. I can I can I, I can tell you all about that one. If, if <laughs> failure to file has no statute, um, filing a false return or, or filing an uh, incorrect return. I believe it's seven years. Yeah, but no, but they actually have, they only have seven years to contact you regarding not filing. So, if, tr- trust me. If they, if, so, <laughs> if, so if the government doesn't contact you in seven years, then they can't come back you don't, They can't come back at you. Now, they, the, systematically they will for the most part. But Yeah, well, the bottom line is your, your approach to it is very stormtrooper-esque, and it will never work. I mean, you might as well take the internment camps that Obama built to put, house all of us in, and just you know put them in there. I mean, we've got we've so got. In other words, that solution to the problem is live and let live, Mr. Kasich. Live and let live, Jeb. 
just let everybody stay and we go down the same no no you're absolutely wrong you're I, I, I absolutely you t- wrong i think you, if you tightened up on the employers you'd have some that were vol- that would voluntarily deport themselves yeah but but there's also the the fact that look you give them a certain period of time that they that you give them a period of time that they have to uh, self-report self-identify as a uh, as an illegal immigrant and then you say okay so based on that you came within that that six month period of time or whatever it is um, and you've you've identified all your assets and you've identified everyone that's here and all of that stuff and we've run a criminal background check on you and you've not committed any violent crime um, or and your family hasn't then then well no then uh, you're going to pay a penalty all right and it'll be part of your taxes be part of your taxes, and and just the penalties for processing essentially, and then you will be given a green card, not citizenship, a green card so that you can seek employment legally, so that you can report taxes uh, legally, so that you can um, identify uh, you know identify yourself with a social security number, and. And then put them at the back of the line, and then they're at the back of the line. So I mean, it took my mom uh, 25 years to get citizenship once she got her green card. Um, you know, it, that, that's don't you think that's a ridiculously long period of time? To well, it, it was. This is back in the 60s, and you know, finally in '85 she she got it. But my dad, uh, on the other hand, was well. No, it was still a lengthy period. It, it was still seven year period of, of active activity, yeah. So I'm fine with seven, yeah. Yeah, and and so that's fine. But it, but that means they're here. They're paying taxes. They're part of a uh, part of the workforce. They're also kind of on a probation. You and know, and they're they on get, probation if, if they get in trouble during that period. Yeah, you commit a violent, you know, you, com- you commit a violent crime, especially, um, or you know, narcotics trafficking, or you know, any it, anything like that. You're done. You're out. We and we've given you warning. You'll you'll be put in jail, and then after serving your sentence in jail, you're you're going to be deported. What do you think about some of the other proposals where, while they're in this period, they would have to, for example, learn English, or, um, you know, I, I think that, that I, I think that that it, well, the, the yeah, I mean, the the problem is, um, that. As someone learning a language is not as simple as you just have to learn English, especially for an older person. Yeah, if you're if you're older, if you know at different levels of mental facility. Well, Kevin, I'd like you to learn Spanish. Well, what and ab- what and about you know what? You'd fail freaking miserably. is what it's going to take to get the border secured and the walls locked, and you guarantee that we'll never do this again. The Democrats said, oh, absolutely, Mr. President. That's what's going to happen. But is it amnesty if you come up with a program? No, 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 no. But he didn't. This is an amnesty. Now, wait a minute. You've had your say. Let me say right. So they had the amnesty. Okay. They granted three million people amnesty. They gave them what they wanted. And what happens now? Twenty years later, we've got 11 or however many million of people now. The border was never secured. The promises were never kept. The assimilation was never done. The 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 borders went crazy. Now we got millions of people flooding in, and our solution is well, let's make another deal. So so your your deal is you're going to organize 
some number of uh, SS to go out there and pull these people out. And well, retouched on it. He, he, he was he was on the first of all. There, there's one way to get rid of people who are here illegally: take away the incentive to work. If they can't work here and they can't get benefits here. I'm sorry, the freelancers are, especially if they're doing skilled labor like uh, masonry and things like that, that, you know, they're going to get jobs, period. They're going to get cash jobs. That's what they get now anyway. Most of the landscapers Yeah. Well, well, how many American kids, and and I do believe this idea of they're doing jobs that that Americans don't want, but I add something else in there. You just mentioned masonry. They're doing jobs that Americans aren't qualified to do. Uh, absolutely. And, and by the way, you can ask any developer who is developing properties here in Georgia that before the illegal immigration uh, spiked up, the quality of work and getting work crews to, to do their job and to do it well was next to impossible. I mean, part of the problem in that whole uh, deck uh, building issue that we had was based on the labor pool that was in place. They just weren't doing a good job. So, you know... Uh, I, I just don't see how pulling somebody out that could be a a, a good member of society um, and be productive and, and contribute, I just don't see that yanking them out. I mean, let's say they don't self, uh, self-report in that six months because they know what it's going to mean. They're just going to go deeper underground. They're not going to – that deal of, hey, we're going to – you come in self-report, we're going to send you back to a country you may not even remember – and we're going to make you sit there until you go through the process. And so what? They show up on a plane. They've got no money in their pockets. They've got nowhere to go. I mean, I mean they're, going to be, they're going to be targets for the, the narco traffickers. Why do we even have immigration laws? I mean, why? You can't. All these people coming and flooding in here are doing so many of the jobs Americans won't do, can't do, don't do as well. So just let them come. Just let them come, and all those people back in their countries that are trying to do it legally, and there are millions of them. I don't know how many. I, I don't know if I can – maybe I can go to BLS and find out how many people are trying to legally come into this country. So we we say be damned to the immigration laws. We well, say uh, – Yeah, you you modify the immigration laws, and and it's, it's, a, it's a program that's not providing amnesty. It's providing a path to being a, a member of society and coming out of the shadows. It's not citizenship. It's not They're not voting. What is amnesty? Well, amnesty, I mean, was... was you, you grant them citizenship yeah. and you, you just Boom, move you're, on. you're in. That's, that's what amnesty was, is just is they're given citizenship. No, you're not giving them citizenship. They don't have the right to vote. You're putting them into a process, or they're putting themselves into a process, and that brings up another point. That was uh, that was his cell phone, I believe. But um, you all you, you also do something else when you establish this pathway. You you you, you make um, the people who decide that they don't want to put themselves into the process, then you make it much e- more easily if they're picked up for something to deport them. They 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 aren't going into the process. They they want to remain in the shadows, and you say, fine, okay, well we have this process. It's been up and running for. So uh, X number of uh, years, you didn't take advantage of it. So now we don't feel like you want to become an American. We're going to send you back. And I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I, I think.
think I think that one of the ways to do it is if you if you go to an employer instead of, you know say you're a subcontractor right now you're hiring 20 illegals okay you get caught I think the fine's fifteen hundred dollars okay they bid fifty sixty seventy eighty hundred thousand dollar year you know a, a job jobs okay they get caught chances are especially under the current administration chances are uh, ICE is not looking for them anyway so what the heck I'll roll the dice it's great. You know, if I do get caught, it's fifteen hundred bucks on a fifty thousand dollars job. No big shake. But that's not the plan we're talking about. Fifteen hundred bucks a move. Okay. Well, this is what's going on. So what I'm saying is, if you get caught with an illegal hiring an illegal, then guess what? Then you get fined, say twenty five or thirty thousand per. What's going to happen? Well, that's what I said earlier that you'll have a lot of self deportation if the jobs dry up. But yeah. But if the jobs, if the if the jobs dry up, who who's going to do those jobs? Okay, well then what you do is you have a process. You make the process streamlined and easier. And if you identify jobs that Americans aren't doing or aren't doing well, okay, then you can bring in however many you identify as needed to fill those jobs, and you make those available. That's what we're talking about, though. That's that's what Eric and I are both talking about. That why do they have to go? Why do you why do you need to incur the additional expense, expense of of making them go back? All you're going to do is spend money. And what's that going to do to the economy during the period where these guys, people are sent back? I, I, I'm sure the hotels in Las Vegas. When you have to start doing your own uh, laundry and and, f- and making your own bed when you're when you're staying at Caesar's Palace. We had immigrants. We had illegal immigrants five years ago. We had immigrants. I'm sorry. I I I grew up in L.A. They were all over the place. So yeah, maybe they hadn't spread out around the country, but. They were absolutely in the in, in the hotel business in in Vegas, in Vegas, in Texas, in L.A. and Texas. There were huge populations, and they still are. And and we've had uh, we've had Mexican labor in the state of Georgia because the, over the last thirty years the state's grown so fast. We've had a, a lot of them here for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just don't think. I mean, you know, my mother taught. We're 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 not going to solve it here. Obviously, we know that uh, we're right and you're wrong. <laughs> well, I think the other thing you you need to consider is. The the other thing you have to take into account is, if we elect a Republican, and generally speaking, the party that uh, that that gets elected is going to also hold Congress. But if you elected a Republican president, a conservative Republican president, he's going to have a Congress that, that could pass some, some significant immigration laws that would make the process much different from what happened with Ronald Reagan what, when he had to deal with a, a Democratic Congress. Well, that's, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, he was a lame duck during that, right? Well, he had a Republican Congress, yeah, well, a Democratic Congress. Yeah. Was able to get so much through by getting the American people on his side. They actually 
force Congress to. But see, Tip O'Neill also, and I give credit to Tip. Tip was a Tip and the president had had uh, fine liqueurs at least twice a week <laughs> in the uh, in, in the friendly confines of the White House, where they just sat out and hashed it out. You know, look, Tip, I need this. Well, I need this, Mr. President. They went back and forth. Of course, none of that goes on. Obama tells Boehner, and uh, well, was Boehner. Now it's Ryan. I don't know that he's going to be any different. But he tells Boehner and McConnell, this is what I'm going to do. Well, this is what we want. I don't care what you want. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, we don't have the votes. You got it. You know, and, and so that's the way it's going to go. I would hope that if we got a conservative president uh, that we would, of course, uh, also put some new leadership in there in the House and the Senate. If we did that, then I think things could certainly change. Okay, so, uh, yeah, but Luann's not here, so. And I think John's, John's working by swamped. himself right now. Yeah, and we don't have a microphone for him anyway. So. Yeah, the place is crowded <laughs> when you're not here. Yeah, but we are, uh, this is, you are listening to What's Your Point. Uh, we're at Cutter Cigar Emporium on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia. That's, uh, if you go up north on 400, get off at Windward Parkway, head left, which would be east, or excuse me, uh, west, and uh, we're in the first uh, sort of shopping strip there on the right side. Uh, has a big event by near Cadoba and uh, and a few things like that. So, anyway, um, the uh, the today, by the way, we're, we are we are fo- smoking some fine cigars. I'm I'm smoking a Tatuaje Cordon 2012 Broadleaf, which is uh, one of my favorites. It's kind of like a um, a Padron 1964, uh, but it's uh, about half the price. So it's a, a great little cigar. And and I should mention that wow. d- don't forget. Don't don't forget that uh, Friday, November thirteenth, from six to ten, is the My Father Cigar event here at Cutters. Uh, there's going to be food, music, uh, all sorts of uh, uh, great goings on, great deals on on a just a phenomenal line of cigars. Um, if you're not familiar with My Father Cigars, there's the My Fathers, there's the uh, Jaime Garcias. There are the uh, limited edition anniversaries, um, uh, just on and on and on. Just a fantastic uh, selection of them here. That's going to be in two days. That's going to be in two Th- days. It's Friday. on Friday the, th- Friday the, thir- the 13th, as a matter of fact. Well, in fact, Eric, you might mention the fact that uh, for all those of you who are going to go, because Eric's going to be there. No, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> I know you're not. You're going to be down here in Panama City. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sw- you know, swing by. Yeah. Well, I know, listen, listen, it's, it's take a left, which after today's conversation is going to be easier for you to take off. Oh, is that the, I, way, well, is that yes. the way we are rolling because now? Because we're, we're, we're realistic. We're not, we're not like Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean. And, and I, uh, getting back to Donald Trump, I, I really thought that he was horrible. Well, I, I get the impression that he's almost getting bored with this. Yeah, he, he seemed checked out yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. I, I don't think he's got the enthusiasm that he had six months ago. 
Yeah, and and uh, you know the other thing is he also has a machine that he's funding um, f- of people just dialing for dollars, basically that are they're not dialing for dollars for him, but dialing you know all the polls, uh, every online poll. They're just swamping these things. So it's you know there's a grassroots movement to basically provide a false narrative on this election, and rather than necessarily garnering support. Um, you know, if, if if Trump was getting all sorts of donations from, um, you know, thousands, of, if not, uh, you know, a million Super people, um, I'd be more impressed. But right now, I mean, he's funding a lot of it himself. He hasn't actually spent a lot of money, though, compared to some of the other candidates so far. Um, and, and that brought up a question that was uh, put forth a few weeks ago, that he really doesn't want to spend a lot of his own money. And I, I think as it gets closer and closer to these, these first elections and the Iowa caucus, uh, he's going to have to start dip, you know, reaching into his pocket a lot more. And that may not sit very well with him. Yeah. Well, see, the advantages he has, too, is he has properties almost everywhere. And he, he, can, you know, he has his own fleet of jets and helicopters and everything else. So all these other guys are paying out the wazoo for it. That's a good and point. he's already got it and his business expenses. You know, I am sure... He's writing off 90% of what he's doing. I mean, he can, you know, he goes into town. He goes and says, well, I'm thinking about buying a building here and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, there you go. I mean, there is probably a million different ways in which he's writing this off. So you're right. He's oh, not yeah. spending a lot of money. Well, these other candidates are having to spend. If, if he's money. doing that and it becomes public knowledge, that's going to kill him in a general election against somebody like Hillary. Well, I just, you know, I just don't. No, because, I mean, what is Hillary going to say? Well, you know, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing it the right way. I'm going to uh, Citicorp and, and J.P. Morgan, and I'm taking all these these rich, because if you look at her top ten donors, they are the crony capitalists. Oh, yeah. Capitalists. And so you think that's going to play well? No, it's not going to play well, but here, here's normal. how it'll be spun. That's business as usual. That, that here's a multi-billionaire who's, who's running for office, Primarily as a tax shelter, and and that's how the media will will play it. Well, I, I know he doesn't care, but I don't think it's going to sit well with um, some of the independents and some of the more left leaning. You're right. You're right. With independents, it may not sit as well. But if you look at that compared to Hillary, all you have to do is roll out her top ten donors. That's what Bernie Sanders. I think has made a huge mistake. He hasn't. He hasn't got out there. Now Bernie, if you look at his top ten contributors, they're all unions. Every one of them is a labor union in his top ten. So it's the labor unions on the left versus the big corporate dollars on the on the other left. It's it's riotous. If you look at the numbers, they published them last July and they haven't changed much since then. I mean, this is ludicrous. I mean, she's talking about she's for the little person. She's for the everyday person. Huh. I can relate. Okay, tell me how you relate again. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how. You, I mean, you, you know, you've got. Got your two ways, and you can't even you, you don't even buy a hamburger without them pre pre walking you through the lane and paying for everything. And, and, and probably Uma is probably even eating and drinking everything before she does. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, she, she flies around in Lear jets like the little people do. You know, now, Eric, you can relate with this. I know you can relate. Uh, all right, this. enough of that. You enough can. of that. Right, let me ask you this. Yeah. Say you were coming down to Panama City tomorrow. Yeah. Driving your car? No. <laughs> and, and are you going to be flying tourist class? 
I don't know. I haven't really looked, they, at, haven't looked at my ticket. How, <laughs> yeah, how much of a first-class experience do you get in a flight that short? Yeah, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, they everyone jumps in the plane at the same time to take off. And, uh, <laughs> you know, It just depends on whether I'm 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 getting a free. No, I I get free upgrades. I don't pay for any upgrades. But in I don't. a plane that small, though, you probably don't get enough separation from the riffraff. Oh, there there's enough. There's, <laughs> yeah, I mean if it if it's a CRJ 900, they've got a nice or 700, they've got a nice first class. <laughs> Do they build a wall for you uh, in between? There, there's there? a curtain. There's a curtain. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely correct. No tap water for his isogenics. You know what I mean? But, but anyway, all kidding aside, so here's this, here's this woman. And, and, and you know what? I mean, I think Bernie could have a field day with that because there's many more labor people than there are J.P. Morgan people. But, you know, if he's talking about relating, if any, anybody can relate to the, to the, lower, to the lower echelon, it, it's Bernie. And yet he doesn't pound on her nearly hard enough for that, I think. Yeah, you know, by the way, if you want to see a fun little picture, look on the Drudge Report today. There's a story about Hillary's wigs. With, with, yeah, with the hair flapping oh up in the air? Oh, my God. Is that a real picture or is that just... Um, that's a real picture, but I think it's taken from, like, there's, like, probably jet wash or something that's blown her hair back. And, and cause she see, looks like the mad professor. See, I thought that that was Photoshopped to make fun of Donald Trump. No, I don't think so. No, that, that's a, a, a real picture. And you can tell she's, like, in an airstrip. She supported the biggest, the biggest uh, sexual pervert in the White House in uh-huh. how long? And well, she stood by her man the whole time. Lied for him, did whatever she could for him. So how does that relate to the common woman? How many wives, girlfriends do you know that would say, oh, listen, it's okay? You know, yeah, he did it. Oh, I think, no, I think I think she she chopped it off and locked it up in her, uh, in her, uh, Salzier purse, but I, <laughs> I, I don't think she really cares. She's in this that relationship for a, as a as a business relationship, and yeah, exactly. But how many? How many? My point is, how many women can relate to that? How many women would stand by their men that that, that blatantly? No, they they, they typically uh, won't and shouldn't, for that matter. That, that, that's right. So that's one way. Well, but some it. but some women look at it in, in from the perspective of. Look what she's had to put up with, and she's still soldiered on and, and moved on to bigger and better things, and that just makes her a very strong woman. And, and you know, the, the militant feminists love that. You're right. The militant feminists. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot. I've known some, some pretty militant women that are disgusted with her. They should be, but yeah. if you've got your mind made up you're going to vote for somebody, you'll find a way to justify it. Uh, I'd love to know what the labor unions are thinking right now, though, because with backing Bernie, Bernie's not going to be the candidate, and and they're in bed primarily with him. And sure. Hillary has, uh, you know, Ob- Obama's really backstabbed the unions for the mo- for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that was. I, I'm not sure he understands what a big mistake that was. Um, 
No, BS. He's doing it for, for Berkshire Hathaway. He's doing it for uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, Warren Buffett owns 80% of the transport of, of, of uh, oil and gas uh, on the rails. What is it, $2 million a day? Yeah. You would lose? Yeah. And that, that Keystone Pipeline went through there, so don't think for a moment that Warren Buffett really cares. You posted an article about that earlier yeah. in the week. Yeah. So the, so the um, you know, one of the, the unfortunate issues is that pipelines are, are historically much more secure and much safer than running <laughs> trucks or, or, or rail cars up and down. That's that's the part of their argument that I find laughable, is they, they talk about the dangers of a pipeline running <laughs> through all this pristine <laughs> land and all, and what, what could go wrong. But <laughs> they don't have a problem with Buffett's rail cars traveling at 70 miles an hour full of oil that can go off on a bad track Yeah, somewhere. by the way, how many carbon emissions are they uh, putting out in those big old trucks? Yeah. Or in those trains, for that matter. Uh, yeah, they're not exactly. exactly, they're not electric trains. <laughs> how much energy is expended just to get the oil around? Yeah, exactly. Here's another thing. Remember the Alaska pipeline, how many, how many uh, elk it was going to kill, how many moose it was going to kill, how right. many polar bears it was None of that's been true. The populations have gone up. Because of the warmth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They snuggle up to it. fodder for that. That could be a whole show in and of itself. Just getting the stats and the figures to debunk it. Let's talk about the polar ice cap. Oh, yeah, it's going it's to disappear. The, the, the ocean's going to rise an inch a year. We're going to be flooded. New York City's going to be underwater by 2020. Uh, uh, sorry, but <laughs> the polar ice caps are getting bigger. So, so much for that, you know, that story. All right. But here's another thing. We, we, we need to talk about this. I think it's very critical. What happened at the University of Missouri? Oh, that was absolutely oh disgusting. Um, you know, so. You know, I've read seven articles. Yeah. On that thing. And the best I can come up with is we don't really know why he got thrown out or why he why he left, other than the fact that he. Yeah. So he is. He, he's done. He's done articles in the past that were critical. Of the um, academics, uh, of the you know the professors and whatnot, and even the students at Mizzou, um, and he's he's well known to them in that area. So he was there essentially taking pictures and doing some on-the-spot interviews, or that was his goal because of they were doing a protest uh, against the um, the uh, president and chancellor. Well, there's a hunger strike going on too. Yeah. Well, good. Maybe. Did you see? <laughs> Who, whose father made eight point four million dollars last year? Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. So the communications professor for the university comes up and and starts yelling at him, says he's got to go away, uh, and then turns to the crowd of protesters and say, "Hey, we need some muscle over here," and incites essentially violence or at least a, a suspension of his civil rights. So, you know, I posted on Facebook today, where is the ACLU, where is the First Amendment wonks 
saying that this guy got his uh, first First Amendment rights uh, trampled on or even by this university professor who's who's part of the state. It's a state university. What about the rest of the liberal media? W- w- yeah. They're not coming to his defense as, as one of their own. No, no, not not at all. Um, I mean, and, and he's not a he's not a conservative media source. He's just sort of a, a, a he um, uh, writes an article that's you know, more anti-administration and really something I, th- I would think these people could identify with. But, but, um, here's the thing too. What I heard, what I heard, heard as of morning, Fox News Business Channel said that she has resigned. Well, that's, it's kind of, it's kind of cloudy. I have not seen. I, I've got an article about that up. Yeah, I've got an article about that up. I think it's actually on the What's Your Point page right now. Um, she it's 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 a little it's a little confusing because she was giving a she was given a courtesy professorship in one department but she actually holds an associate professorship in another one and i'm not sure if she has completely resigned from the university or if she resi- re- resigned from her courtesy professorship well that's interesting it's, it's, it's which a, one is in the communications department Communications, I believe, is her permanent one. Yeah, I think I think that that's correct. So, yeah, she. I mean, she absolutely. I, I'd like to see her uh, prosecuted uh, by the Civil Rights Commission uh, for uh, for uh, trampling on his First Amendment rights. And how about this? Now, how about this? Now, she she definitely should resign. I mean, if she doesn't resign, she should be fired. Okay, she she broke journalistic ethics. She, right. Mean, you, you go down the litany of rules. Right. Okay, but what's but here's what bothers me, okay? And this goes back to athletics. Okay, the certain members of the football team decided that they were going to not play the game on Saturday, which I guess was against BYU. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. I think, and it was going to cost the university... million dollars. Or 700000 or something. Close to millions if they had to play the game, if they forfeited the game. Right. And the players used that... You know, that leverage of we're not going to play, and I think there were 30-some members. We've decided we're not going to play in support of getting rid of the president. Okay. You know what? This ain't $7 million. Okay? This is what I would do. I would walk in and say, okay, gentlemen, we don't have to worry about the $700,000 cost because we just removed you, 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 uh, you know what? I would, I would, or I would not play them. I would not give them any television time. Let me explain something to you. There are, you have the right to do that. I have no problem with it. But there should be extreme consequences if you do. Because remember, they're probably all on full-ride scholarships. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I just, I can, okay. they, they could have fielded a team without those guys. the game i've been around the game for a number of years you know what this was and then here's what and any coaches because coaches were supporting this too and then the coaches were saying well we also some of the coaches were also saying well you know we should suspend scholarships too okay Holmes, we rescind we rescind scholarship we rescind contracts yeah you know if you jumped on board with these students and you decided that you were going to support them you lose your job too yeah i mean it's across the board because if you do not take these strict, tough consequences for your action. It doesn't mean it doesn't detract. It doesn't tell them they can't do it, but it teaches them a very strong life lesson. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna take a stand and you're gonna try to force the university to lose all this money while we're paying you full time and all your expenses to go to college, you know, if you're gonna do this to us over a point that you think is that important, then we're gonna rescind your scholarships because there are athletes out there that would love to come to Mizzou, love to play for Mizzou, would love to have a full Right. Wonderful well, right at it. The, the can of worms that this opens uh, could have uh, long-term impl- implications in college sports. Yeah, abs- absolutely. The, the, the unintended consequences of this uh, can be pretty, uh, uh, pretty significant. Uh, by the way, uh, Kevin, we are going to be having a cigar here in a few moments. John has come up to us, so uh, really? in a moment we'll... Hold on just a second. Peter Shaw. Peter Shaw <laughs> time of the show that we celebrate with the cigar and john has decided since you're not stepping up to the plate down here he's going to introduce a cigar on the show <laughs> up at uh, putter cigar so he's getting ready what is he gonna what is he gonna give you guys? i don't know it's uh, it's gonna be he's a gonna surprise. surprise us so we shall see but um and i know he'll he'll want to remind everybody about uh, our the event here on friday as well but um, so that's a big event and, and we'll talk about that when he gets here but what is what are your take on it eric you played football yeah you know you played on a, on a major college team so, so you know well i don't know if he can say played but <laughs> i tried out <laughs> so uh so here's the thing um they could have fielded a team without these guys uh, i think it would have been a good message to send uh, to to basically say, look, you're here, especially if you're on scholarship, you're here at our pleasure. Uh, and you got to keep your nose totally clean, stay out of politics. Uh, you can talk politics all you want, but you can't let it affect uh, what you're doing here. Because and it's about the team. It's about the football program. It's about the team. You know, you cannot, you cannot hurt your team. In other words, these yeah. players, thank you. Now, so John stepped up to play. You'll meet John. He's one of the guys that... Uh, uh, we'll talk about here during the cigar portion of the show. <laughs> and he's and he's and he is here, by the way. What's that? Oh, oh, okay. Well, John Sandel is here for us now. Oh, yeah, and he's 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 got a, a selection of a few cigars. He's not going to be able to hear you, but we'll be able to hear him. So, as soon as he gets his micro microphone on there, just however it fits, that's going to be fine. How's that? Speak. All right. All right. Yeah, it's uh, it's in my trunk. <laughs> well, that's right. We've got a headset for him, so we're we're good. We're good. Hey, John, how are you? I am doing very well today. Very well on this fine Veterans Day. Absolutely. And are, you were a veteran? I was not. Um, I have deep respect for them. Yep. Um, it did not fit into my life plans, but uh, not a day goes by I don't don't think about and aren't appreciative of the sacrifices made by those who. Or in the armed forces. I know that you had a lot to do with the uh, one of the charities that we've supported here at Cutters. As a matter of fact, that is going again. Tip of the spear. We yeah. are kicking off today. We are accepting donations of cigars um, from customers that will be expedited to two Greenberry units in in Afghanistan. That's, um, That's awesome. And they the 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 two units the two new units that have been adopted by Tip of the Spear are um, units that are, uh, their task is removing IEDs. Oh, and wow. as my buddy told me, they're often under enemy fire constantly. Yeah. Um, and these guys are, these guys are in the thick of it. 
um, and not thinking not thinking twice to make the make the sacrifice. Well, if it's okay, I've got an assortment of about twenty cigars I'd like to give you for that. That would be so. That would be very much appreciated. Absolutely. So, um, so John, what what do we have there? First of all, and foremost, to smoke. What, what well, in what? honor of Veterans Day, as we have done since I have been here at Cutter Cigars, every veteran that comes in the store does gets a free cigar awesome and the uh, choices we wanted to choose today we wanted to have every, every vet um and active duty to have a choice of a mild medium and full so we picked the recluse amadeus as their um mild, mild. choice yep. um a dominican cigar very very good cigar and the for the medium body the chupacabra by esteban carrera Nicaraguan tobacco oh, in origin, and the full body, the AJ Fernandez New World, also Nicaraguan. I haven't tried that one yet. Um, and so it's it's completely whoever whoever wants what will determine what we smoke. That's fantastic. Well, I'd like to try that New World. And Eric, could you thank John for me because it, he uh, oh, he's been super supportive yeah. of veterans since I've known him. And I just wanted him to know I appreciate his kind words towards my, you know, to all of us veterans. We really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. And um, uh, John, uh, Kevin is expressing that he thinks you're a jerk. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad some things. I'm glad to know distance doesn't change things. No, thank no, you very no, no. much. And he the, was he was actually thanking you for uh, for looking out for the troops and and for all you've done uh, in that way as well. So absolutely, it is. It doesn't feel like very much in comparison to what they do, but it's yeah. my honor. No, I know. I I understand that feeling. Um, all right, so we're. Uh, I've got this. Uh, this AJ new Fernandez, world from AJ Fernandez, world. and AJ Fernandez is a. Uh, it's actually one of the um, factories that we pass when we're going to uh, one of uh, uh, Don Pepin's yep. uh, facilities there. And uh, he's actually built, I think he's built a big welcome center similar to what uh, what uh, Don Pepin did. A actu- uh, 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 very interesting note on that I learned just the other day. Don Pepin actually built A.J. Fernandez's factory. That's uh, as actually... I, as I have been... Yeah, th- that's that's what Don Pepin actually told me uh, at, at one point, which is is great to be able to have a direct conversation with him. Well, it's because I speak Spanish and you don't. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, typically when we do cigars on the show, we we feature one particular cigar. Uh-huh. I thought it would I thought it would be honoring yeah, of fun. the troops to pick the cigars that they're smoking today is, as our thank you for what they have done. Okay, now. So I just lit up this A.J. Fernandez, and holy cow. First of all, the draw is amazing on this. I Very mean, it, it's an easy, easy, easy draw. It's box press, Maduro, uh, Nicaraguan tobacco, and uh, what is about a, about a six-inch, is it six, five-and-a-half, yeah. something like that. Um, but great box press uh, stick. And so, yeah, on the outset, you're getting... You know, you're getting sort of a vanilla almost, uh, uh, a little bit of cedar, a little bit of vanilla, um, possibly even a little uh, uh, citrus. B- but some s- there's some sweetness that that wrapper's imparting on the on the tongue, just a little bit, but not too much. And um, you can tell it's one of those smokes that when you when you first light it up, um, it's probably going to change. As you, as you get through this this stick, it just has that characteristic to it. So now it's funny. Now I'm picking up a little spice, a little bit of the white pepper, 
um, uh, from it as well, which is a nice complex cigar. It's it's just very indicative of a, of a good Nicaraguan cigar. Nicaraguan uh, tobacco is one of my favorites, honestly. And would it shock you to know that that cigar retails here for eight fifty? Really? Every day. Wow. It's one of those. If people come in all the time and like, do you have a cheap cigar? I'm like, no, I don't. We do, we do not sell cheap cigars. We yeah. sell high-quality cigars for a low price. Right. We've got a high – now, we have our fair share of exclusive cigars that are that, that fetch a premium price. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you and, want to pay $100 – And they're good. We got a $100 cigar. Absolutely. And now, uh, Kevin just said we have the fat men. Yes, we were talking about good cigars. We were talking about good cigars. <laughs> not cigars that sit under the counter. Yeah, and gather dust. There's yeah, there, there's the cigars that you humidify, and then there's the cigars that you leave out. <laughs> right, so, right, uh, right along with the Tatianas. <laughs> 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 Just you and Tatiana, fat man. Uh, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. All right, so Greek, what I've you got, got over the there? I've got the, the recluse, the Amadeus, and it's a very, it's a much lighter cigar than what you're smoking. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing I detected was a little woodsiness. Yep. And and some some berry. Yeah. Um, and it's a very, very mild cigar. Nice. Well-constructed. Looks like a, what, a Connecticut shade yep. uh, wrapper on it. Yeah. Very nice. And then, so tell me about this uh, this one. What, what is this again? I'm smoking, smoking the the Chupacabra um, by Esteban Carrera. Again, Nicaraguan in origin. Um, it's it's called a medium body. It's it, it, In my mind, it would be just, just a step or two above the Amadeus. Um, some leather notes. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, um, brief hints of spice, not overwhelming. The retrohale is very smooth. I enjoy, yeah. enjoy the retrohale very much. Easy draw. Construction is, is very nice. Very, f- very few, if, uh, if any blemishes that I can see. Um, so tell me, um, you used a term there that not everyone listening is going to understand. What is retrohaling? Retrohaling is when you inhale... There you go. When you take the cigar, the smoke into your mouth, and instead yep. of exhaling it through your mouth, you exhale it through your nose. And I didn't know when I first started smoking cigars what the point of that was. And it took me a while to be able to refine that to the point that people people told me you, if you retrohale, you're going to pick up notes in the right. retrohale that you just won't get right. typically. And the reason for that is in the back of your sinus cavities. That's that's actually where a lot of your flavor sensation is is coming from. Is is the olfactory uh, side of things. So it's not just in your taste buds. And about seventy percent of your taste is actually back is back in the back of your sinuses. Absolutely. And so as you retrohale, it comes through there, and um, it's a cooler smoke uh, at that point, right? Uh, yeah. As it comes through your mouth. A little bit cooler, and you're able to pick up some of those milder notes. Now, there are some cigars I can't retrohale. Um, I probably would not retrohale a, a Camacho Triple Maduro. Um, <laughs> it would it would burn my sinuses, and it would not be a pleasant experience. Yeah. Not that that's say it's a bad cigar. It's just the profile of that cigar is not conducive to retrohaling. Yeah, it's it's um, well it it's complex to begin with uh, yeah. the Triple Maduro, and uh, especially if you're if you're down there at PCB Cigars, you might actually be able to buy some of the original uh, tri- uh, Triple Maduros from Camacho, which um, yeah. you know, Davidoff has, has purchased them since then. Yes. And 
Um, you know that the colonel would not have the cojones to smoke a triple Maduro. He wouldn't smoke a triple Maduro? No. Well, no. He wouldn't smoke a single Maduro. Guys are finished, but uh, I just wanted you to know if it's a unique and rare cigar and very difficult to find in any other cigar store. He's falling. Okay, so uh, before uh, we let cut John loose here so that you can tell us what you're smoking down there, uh, tell us a little bit more. I, I mentioned the uh, Friday event, but uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that and anything else you got coming up. We are doing our annual My Father event this Friday. It is uh, anybody that has been to an event here knows that, that Russ Sutton and the rest of the staff here do a, a smash-up job. We're going to have food. I'm not sure where who, who it's going to be catered by, but it will be good food. There's going to be a, a, a DJ. Um, we're going to have lots of prizes, giveaways, excellent discounts on on box prices for the for the My Father Cigars. Um, we're going to have our, our local rep, our, our regional rep here, Stefan, and um, it's it's going to be an amazing time. Now, the unfortunate thing is that you're going to be in Kentucky, and I'm going to be in PC in Panama City Beach. Yes. So neither one of us are going to get to enjoy this. So, so Mark, you've got to give us the full report. Yeah, I'll be up here Friday. Excellent. Yes. Very good. And now, the granite came in today. Yes. The, so so uh, the, the big news was, and we mentioned this last week, that uh, that Cutters has received its uh, liquor license. Yeah. And, uh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Social lubrication license. Social that's right. lubrication license. And uh, and w- and what they're going to be doing is um, uh, they'll have a full bar uh, as far as um, um, exclusive uh, neat beverages. Now you'll be able to go back and get some ice if you want to add some ice to it. I'll be right with you. But it's um, um, it's there's going to be wine. There's uh, obviously sodas and things like that. But you can now purchase that here legally. And uh, import beers, yeah, the, a very select uh, selection of import beers and wines. Uh, the wines will have a uh, vacuum, a uh, it's a vacuum, uh, vacuum or nitrogen fixing system where the wine bottles are in there, and you put your little card in and say, "I want a two ounce pour or a four ounce pour or whatever," yeah. and you and you pay for it. And that way, it's sort of a self serve thing where you've got your uh, your little card. Um, Really an impressive thing, and, uh, you know, big things are, are happening here at Cutter Cigar. So we appreciate you coming here. Just quickly tell us a couple of the other events. you got something on December 3rd, I think. Um, December 3rd, I can't even see that. Uh, Perdomo, Perdomo event, oh, okay. um, which is going to be very interesting because in January, Russ and I are going to be joining the Perdomo Rep, and we're going to be going to Nicaragua to tour the Perdomo factory. Really? Uh, first time I've with, ever been over there. With, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris. With Chris. Yes. Yeah. Who, who, is, who is, unfortunately, every time I go to an event, Chris somehow talks me into buying a box of Perdomos. I don't even smoke Perdomos, and I end up buying a box He's of He's a hell Perdomos. of a salesman. Is hell okay great, to say? Yeah. You, yeah okay. this is, uh, we're, not on, we're not under FCC rules Got yet. Got it. <laughs> um, and then in, uh, in December, we're going to be having our uh, Cutter's Christmas party. With LFD, oh, which really? is going to be an amazing event. That will be fantastic. I will book my room at the Hyatt across the street. Amazing <laughs> event. <laughs> and that's yeah. on the 17th. Yes. But you've got an event coming up before that on the 11th. That's Perdomo, with, right? That's Recluse. With Recluse. Recluse. With yeah. What yes. I'm smoking right Perdomo's now. The, yes. Perdomo's the third. Recluse is the 11th. And yeah, then the 17th. And there's something on the 12th as well. How can you? I can't read Oh, that. Chef and the Fat Man will be here. Oh, but God, that's those not guys important. are great. Oh, wait. Those I'm guys sorry. are fantastic. That doesn't make the board. That chef is really amazing. Well, hopefully, by that point, there'll be fresh <laughs> venison from, 
from ah, this weekend. Yes, from your from your uh, your your bow hunting. Uh, bow and gun. Well, bow and I'll gun. I'll be bow hunting on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Modern gun. All right. So if I if I go buy a compound bow, will you teach me how to shoot it? Absolutely. Right, I'll, buy uh, the, oh. I'll buy the cigars. Heck yeah. That's okay. that's dangerous. What? <laughs> hey, I can sh- I can shoot. Every- I'd rather teach him to shoot a compound bow than Colonel to shoot a gun. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel would lose a finger or two or ten. All right, thanks a lot, John. I appreciate it. We're uh, live at uh, Cutter's Scarf. He'd be like his hero, Dick Cheney. (laughs) Here in Alpharetta, uh, 770-664-0550, I think is the uh, number. Is that right? Something like that? Sounds good. Sounds about right, yeah. And uh, come on in. uh, uh, Come see John or Luann. Uh, You'll be able to tell the difference because Luann's really cute. This recluse is very mild. It's got got like a... Like a smooth, a buttery almost taste to it. Yeah. A little buttery and a, a little toasted nuts. Right. Very good. 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 So what toasted nuts are you smoking down there? Uh, well, John, who is, uh, John's a great guy. He's the one that uh, last July, John and Peter and I sat down and came up with this event for, uh, it's the first annual Veterans Appreciation Day. It's uh, going to be Saturday, November the 14th, so you can go to the my father's event, then jump in the car and come down. It's only five and a half hours down to Panama City to this amazing event it's going to be from 11 to 5 there's going to be uh, cold beer plenty of sunshine great food live music raffles with prizes valued up to 7500 bucks uh, veterans get 10 percent off all their cigars in the stock and 20 percent off on all boxes wow so that's really a great event now all pro all proceeds all proceeds raised will benefit the uh, dogtags.com, which you can go online to dogtags.com and contribute anyway, but they're very good at helping the veterans. And right now, 100% of all the money raised on Saturday will go. They're also going to be supporting ve- uh, homeless veterans and their families at Christmas time. So this is really a big deal. You want to help vets who are homeless and their families. This is a time of year when kindness in their heart, love in their heart. This is a great time, and, and even joy on their cup if they buy it from uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, or you can get a red cup from the from the other <laughs> heathens at Starbucks. But this is going to be great. Uh, Chef Eric and I will be live uh, from 12 to 2. We'll be doing our cooking show from here. And uh, Michael Whip Holst has already arrived. He brought the football to make sure everything went well. So it's going to be a great day. So you can go to Cutter's. And let me tell you something. If you've never been to a Cutter's event, like this my father's event on Friday night. You have no idea what Russ and Lou and the guys do. They do an amazing job. The food will be spectacular. The entertainment will be great. The camaraderie will be huge. But I warn you, live music. if you don't get there early, you're not going to find a seat. It can get tough. Yeah, they, they put a lot of seats out, and they'll still be all, all full. So. Yeah, I always suggest getting here early. The event doesn't start until 6, but why mess with Friday traffic? Just get here about 4.30 or so. Oh, that means cutting out of work early. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going to be great. Of course, Chef Eric and I will be down here at Panama City Beach with Michael the Whip, and we will be <coughs> our bed here early on uh, Friday. I don't know why. Probably to play dominoes and get ready for the event on Saturday, but it's going to be a great, great event. Uh, the VFW down here, one, one, five, one, one triple five zero is the VFW host down here. The women's auxiliary is going to be providing all the. Uh, accoutrements to the great barbecue that they're going to do down here. And uh, Budweiser has donated 40, 40 ponies, I believe. 40 pony kegs for the event. 40, be huge. 40 yeah, pony kegs. Yeah. 40 pony kegs. Holy cow. They are, they are anticipating as many as
Oh my. It's going to be a huge event. Oh, we got to get there early. India classic. Uh, I'm I'm going to say Gurkha. Yeah, I was going to say they give out the most swag. Yeah, Gurkha. <laughs> this is a classic cigar. It's a Havana blend. It's more medium to full. Yeah. Um, it's about in the 80 to 90 percent. It comes in Robusta Toro, EXO, and Figueroa. Now I'm smoking the Figueroa. It has a San Andres, uh, so it's a little spicy, a little peppery. Um, the binder and the filler they don't talk about proprietary that's how they roll um but it's got on the on the dry draw it's got a note of fig so it's got a little sweetness to it and i'm looking for my lighter right here and we will fire this one up so this is another great cigar now now i traditionally do not smoke uh anything more than a mile mile to full but this is a great cigar and let's see here um, now i will say as you as you light that up that name the name of that cigar comes from um the company that Gurkha had originally um, purchased in order to start them uh, off in the uh, cigar business. So uh, that was uh, that's sort of an homage to that original blend. But it's got a nice draw. Figurado, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of tapered at both ends. Right. So that's the Figurado shape. It's about a, about a 56 ring gauge. So it's got old girth to it. We we can tell by the way. yeah by, by the the mumbling with the food in your mouth uh, sound that you're making. No, but it's a very very good cigar. Nice medium to easy draw, and Figueroa's traditionally always start a little tougher because they're so tapered at the end. But as they open up the draw, yeah, they they, they open up pretty quickly. It's up much nicer. Yeah, but it's a great cigar. And guys, I'll tell you what, um, this event that's coming up this Saturday and the one at Cutters on Friday, man, that's a weekend of cigar heaven. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we're closing in on the last 20 minutes of the show, so I'd like to get back to the debates, if we could, for just a second. Yeah, sure. I want to hear your take on Carly Fiorina. I thought she did a good job. Okay. I gave her a higher mark than the talking heads did. I thought, listen, Carly has always impressed me. She is, she is knowledgeable about the facts. She knows how to present the facts. She would be a killer on the stage with Hillary. Hillary would want nothing to do with her on the stage. Right. Because uh, if you talk about accomplishments against accomplishments, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, this woman has done so much. She's been there. She's done that. And she's just, she's always impressed me from the get-go. I could easily see myself voting for her. Um, I, I thought she did a really, really nice job. She had a good command of the banking information. She did, she, yeah. She's not afraid. Let me tell you something. When someone attacks, she doesn't mind it. It's like, bring it on. Right. And you don't see a lot of people attack her. In fact, in the debate, she was jumping in more than they were trying to attack her. Yeah. Uh, so I thought she did an excellent job. I, I had her. I had my my finalists were. I had uh, Rubio and Cruz once again. I thought won the debates, but I easily understand technically how how Trump did because Trump has so so low a threshold to cover to to do well with his with his large group. So, but just just bait style. Everything else, I thought 
I thought that uh, I thought Rubio and Cruz and Fiorina all did very well for themselves. I thought that I I was really disappointed with Ben Carson. I, I you know he he has to think too much. He doesn't. It, 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 it's agonizing to listen to his answers. And I know you know some people say, well, that's the beauty. He yeah. Think about things before he talks about them. I, I actually like that. But he doesn't. He doesn't show. He doesn't show a lot of passion, though. He, he's, no, and that's that to me. Listen, it, it, it's like it's like the Energizer Bunny just before he goes dead, you know, and they and they energize him with the batteries. It, it's not that he doesn't have good points, but he doesn't. I don't know. He just it, for me, he stylistically, he's 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 difficult to follow. He's um he he's got some humor, which I really like. If he didn't have that, I don't know where he'd go. Uh, but I had him in the middle of the pack, um, the lower end of the pack. I had Jeb Bush and Kasich. Uh, I, I'm, I'm counting up all these. Kasich was petulant. He was, he was like the little. He's like the little Yorkie, you know, that jumps up now. I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. And he just, he just, he was too much of that. A little is fine. Yeah, he was a little. He was a little bossy as far as getting his, his time. Which, by the way, he had to fight for anyway. That's, that's the fact is they weren't going to give him the time. Uh, he had to step up and be a little more aggressive. Yeah. How do what do you, how do you think the? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, so I thought I thought Kasich to me Kasich and Bush. Bush had a much. Bush is definitely at the bottom. I mean. Yeah, I I had him and Kasich on the bottom. I had Rand Paul actually. Now I don't agree with him. I certainly I I thought he lost a lot of style point a lot a lot of points with conservatives on the military. What was that about? Yeah, actually, I wanted to bring that up, but uh, you know his look. You know, uh, and and who was it? Cruz Cruz had a couple of. I thought he had two of the best lines of the evening. Rubio had one too, but I I, I have to look to find it. But Rubio or Cruz actually said, "Look, you know," he said, "Look, we can't afford a military right now." And Cruz turned around and said, "Wait, wait, wait a minute, we can't." Afford not to. Right. By the way, Fiorina stepped up nicely at that point as well. Yeah. And she was, she's very. Listen, Carly, Cruz, I could for those folks. Rubio, he's killing me on amnesty. He's 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 good though. He's got some good points. I think he's more moderate to conservative than conservative. Um, Jeb Bush, poor Jeb. You know, now I'm actually getting to the point where, <laughs> come on, mom, dad, tell him. Yeah. The eternal lights off the party's over for him. He, and he did not rise to the occasion. He did, I don't think he did as well as he did the last one was the best one he's done yet. Yeah. So, well, he looks like a defeated candidate, too. And his body language and everything else just, just shows that. That, that he he realizes that this is a lost cause. Well, he kind of re- it reminds me of a kid saying, "Wait a second, my mommy and daddy said I was going to win this. Why 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 aren't you paying attention to me?" Uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for Jeb. Uh, as most of you know, I've mentioned ad nauseum. I debated Jeb Bush. He's a very good debater. He's very stylistic, but he was debating on behalf of his father. This time, he's having to debate about, about himself, and I don't. I, I just don't see the fire in his belly. So I, I had those guys. I, I thought, really, I thought Rubio, Cruz, and Fiorina, in my estimates, did the very best. I, ben Carson, I put him in the middle, not anywhere near the top. I put him higher than uh, than Kasich and, uh, and, and, and uh, Rand Paul. Bush. But, you know, Carson, 
got a good following. The media helped him this last week by really pounding him. Um, but and, and that turned out to be to his advantage, I think. Absolutely. He's going to he's going to need to find the his belly. I don't think he has it. I, I, I don't think he has it. That's what I'm well, but he doesn't. I think he's doesn't mean he's not a good leader. No, it doesn't. But but you have to get elected first. And and I, I and I don't know that he's got the fire, as a debater, to really be aggressive enough to go after Hillary. Hillary Clinton will, will just absolutely try to trash him. He'll be such a nice guy. We're gonna we're gonna need an aggressive candidate this time. Well, I'll tell you what, Hillary, Hillary and Car- Carly, I would pay to see that. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. You know, the icing. I got to say, I mean, uh, Ted Cruz did not impress me. Uh, see, see, I liked him. I, I thought last night he was very concise and, and very, very much on point. Uh, I, I just uh, maybe I just maybe it's his puffy face. I don't know what it is. Well, his, <laughs> well, his voice. He, he his, needs, his voice too. He, he's he's got a little bit of a squeaky kind of voice. A squeaky, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does. But I'll tell you what, if you listen to him, you think Hillary would have a problem with Carly. I mean, with his knowledge of law, with his knowledge of the Constitution, with his knowledge of, of actually working in, in, he would, in he, the Senate. Yeah, he would technically do very well, yeah. And, and, and to me, um, I've, always, I've been a fan from his from the get-go. His numbers continue to rise. He continues to do a good job. And i got to tell you, I was surprised. You know, I watch, I watch a lot of stuff of Rubio on the – I've always liked Rubio. It's not that I don't like him. I just really have a hard time with his – with his stand on immigration, but that aside, that's a one issue. You know, I don't have to agree with everybody, so I could I could easily vote for him. But what's impressed me about him is when he's just up the cuff and on the stump, he's okay. But man, when he gets to those debates, he lights it up. I mean, he 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 kicks it into afterburners. Yeah. And and I really I really thought he had a good night. I thought Cruz absolutely had a good night. I think Fiorina has always, but you know. From the first undercard debate, I saw her. I said that night she won hands down. Yeah. She needs to be on the main stage, and she outmainst. I I think um, I think Trump hurt himself with his comment directed at her last night too. Oh, absolutely. What uh, what was the? Uh, I don't. I didn't write it down. W- will somebody tell her to quit interrupting? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Speaking from the guy who interrupts everybody. Yeah. And then he shook his head and put his hands out like he always does. Well, you know. And and you heard the boos in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he. Uh, the most boos. The most boos. I had down here the most boos. Now I, I say boos as in not happy, not <laughs> drinking at the bar. Um, the the largest amount of boos was against Casey. Casey got the highest amount of boos, and I'm trying to remember where that because I I had it down here. Uh, um, was it when he was looking. when he was challenging uh, Trump's idea to? To physically deport people? No, I don't think it was the immigration issue. I remember that, and it, it was something else. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd just absolutely booed him. But I, th- I thought they booed Trump actually more. Uh, I think w- when he popped up with that, he uh, he he got his head taken off by the by the the crowd. You know who didn't do a bad job until Rand Paul actually, I think, did a better job overall than mm-hmm. did Ben Carson. Yeah, his problem is he st- he steps in it. He just he just I, as I was listening to him, I was actually liking what he was saying, and I was kind of uh, amazed by that because I don't I'm not really a big fan, 
And um, it, but then he popped up with a few things, especially well, the, the military. Thing. The military spending issue. You're not a true conservative unless you want to uh, scale back the military. And I'm like, what? What planet are you on? Yeah, who is who does that play you're, you're, with? You're not a, in conservative you're not a, base. Yeah, you're not an isolationist, I suppose. But in saying it's not conservative, I, I think that's quite been the opposite. Um, you know. Conservatives have always uh, upheld the need for a strong military, especially in light of the fact that the threat has never been greater. I don't think than what we see going on in Europe, and and people um, can can look at Europe and see that happening here very soon. I don't I don't think that you're going to really win over a lot of conservative voters by saying that we spend too much on defense. Oh, yeah. And Cruz said, absolutely not. And Cavuto was apoplectic. You mean, you mean that you would let, you know, you would let right. all those. He, and he goes, no, no, no. He said there are rules or regulations. He didn't mention the FDIC. He did after that. He didn't mention. Yeah, I, w- I was expecting to him to have mentioned that at that time. Yeah, so did I. I expect, yeah. But he did. He said, look, they have the central bank. When banks get in trouble, they can turn over loans. They can. They have to pay a higher interest rate, but they can force to take loans at a higher interest rate, which will penalize their bad behavior. Casey, like the little pit bull, I want to say something, I want to say something. So he jumps in, and he said, uh, would, would, you, uh, would you bail it out? And he said, um, he said something to the effect of he would, he would pay back those who, who, uh, who put in the most first. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah. You should have. I remember that. That was awful. And that's where he stepped in it. Yeah. He got the biggest. And even even Cavuto was 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 like, really? Yeah. They get theirs first. Yeah. Put in the most. And Cruz is like, no, 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 no. If you if you've got more than the FDI, he didn't say it, but if you got more than they can cover, then you know, then you would be the loser. And then then the the applause came back around again. But that was the, that was the the big boo moment for him. But you know what was neat about this debate? I thought all three of those in the uh, in the main stage, the questions were top notch. They really were. They were. They were. They were well thought out. Did you see the graphic that they put up about the different topics and, and they were rated? Yeah. The, the size of the text was based on which topic people yes. felt was most important. That was interesting. Um, Legal immigration was the, was the biggest one. That was number one, but taxes was right up there yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and and I, do you do you guys feel that they covered those topics sufficiently last night? I thought I thought they did a pretty pretty spot on job. Yeah, they, they did. I, I think um, you know. I, again, I'd love to know how that. I know it's a Facebook poll, but I didn't I didn't see anything on my Facebook feed to vote in it. So, you know, I'm I'm wondering how they how they uh, ran that post. Um maybe you have to be on the Fox Business Network page uh homepage, I guess, but Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, you know what I thought was good Greek and that's a great point. The question was really top-notch, but they really and what I liked was they asked specifically, what are your tax plans? And these guys were very, and gals were very specific. Every one of them had specifics. And Trump even said, hey, all of these plans would be better than what's oh, currently in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they were. They were all good plans. I, I, the, um, consumption, I like the consumption tax. I need to know more about it. 
I need to know where the exemptions were. Which, which tax plan do you think has the best chance of getting through Congress? Well, first of all, I, I, don't, think, I don't think the Congress is ready for a flat tax or consumption tax. I, I just don't think they would be willing to push it through because I, I believe in my heart of hearts that they, that they, in their heart of hearts, do not want to get rid of 300,000 jobs. Now, you and I and Eric, who are out there working hard and doing what we have to do to make it through every day, we can't stand the IRS. But these guys, they're in Washington, D.C. This, this, this is a big deal up there. You're talking 300,000-plus employees. Um, I, thought, I thought they all had very good plans, and they're all pretty similar. It's just, you know, percent for crews, 16% to the corporations, um, and, and take away most of the exemptions. However, most of them did leave in place the the, the, t- the most near and dear to the general public, and that's the uh, the home mortgage deduction yeah. and charitable deductions. Almost everybody else gets rid of all the ad- the deductions. And what I saw from almost all the Republicans, whether it's the penny plan where you cut, I think Rand Paul was the penny plan. You take one percent from every department right. across the board. They have to they have to literally reduce. By one percent. Reality is like three and a half and four percent because it's already built in every year. Each department, when they talk about, oh well, we slashed our budget this year. No, they went from. It was less of an increase. Two percent. Right. I I think that was one of Carson's weaker moments was when he came out and was not uh, in favor of the exemption for home mortgages and for charitable contributions. Yeah, I I agree, but yeah, I, I I agree, but I'd also like to see how it pencils out. I mean. You know, none of these plans um, in a in a three minute uh, or two minute spot on the debate are yeah. going to be fully comprehended. So, you know, I'd well, like I'd like to see more about it. You know, one of the one of the raps that the media tried to put on him, well, it doesn't it doesn't figure out. He said, "Well, I know you've been saying that, but here's what it does." And he actually said, "If you take my tax plan, it would add three point five to three point six billion dollars." And this was done by. Several of the leading economists, they, you know, by, right. he, he laid it all out in his very wonkish way. But he, he actually was the only one that gave a statistic that said this is an actual number of new tax dollars that will come in. Now, on top of that, we're going to have to cut. And what I propose is I'm going to cut five departments. Right. Right off the bat. Right. And he, and he, you know, I, I like not that. You know, he meant to say he was going to cut the education. Yeah, he, he said commerce twice, right? Yeah, but, but you know what? But the point was, once again, he said, this is who I'm going to knock out. And everyone, the EPA, yeah. the, the, the education department, what, what people don't realize is these are, are like, like um, multi-headed. It, it, it's not just cutting out the department. They have hundreds of under departments. And, oh, yeah. I mean, this is billions of dollars we're pouring down the toilet. Well, uh, and, and that coupled with 3.6, you know, a trillion dollars, the bottom line, that's huge. Yeah. And you can do it. So, so and, uh, on that note, I'm going to ask you, and we're at the end of the show, so I'd like to ask you, uh, I'll start with you, Kevin, winners and losers for the week. Okay, to me, the winners this year or this week, I would have to say, I go back to football. I hate to say it. I thought Alabama played a heck of a football game on Saturday night. I mean, Alabama played a heck of a football game. They played clean. They played hard. And they absolutely shut LSU down. So that's my winner. 
I like to do winners in, in sports um, unless there's something really outstanding. Number one, I have Starbucks as a loser, and I also have the University of Missouri. I thought they were a huge loser yeah. this week. They lost on all accounts. Yep. Nothing was accomplished. You know that they've actually added now the police, the, the campus police now have a special 911 hotline so that if you feel you've been challenged or politically correct challenged, you can call for immediate police department this is how ridiculous it's gonna like be. like the nazis yeah exactly all right mark my loser is going to be the same one of kevin's uh the university of missouri for them to to um have backed down and and i've got a timeline posted on my facebook page of the events that have transpired and uh i don't see anything in that period that would call for you to lose two of your top administrators so I'm going to give it the University of Missouri my loser of the week. And my winner of the week, my winner of the week is going to be Fox Business Network. I think that they showed that a debate with a large number of people on the podium can do it and can do it effectively. And I think that they're going to win the respect of a lot of people who may have had a, uh, I don't know, a negative opinion of Fox prior to this. Yeah. And for me, um, I'm going to pick an individual, uh, Carly Fiorina. I think she uh, she really nailed it. I think uh, she's my winner of the week. Um, I thought she was so well prepared for that debate and so on point and so convincing. And like you said, I'd pay to see her debate Hillary regardless. <laughs> and um, what's that? Talk about a cat fight. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I think she'd and make Hillary look stupid. I, I, I think she would make Hillary look ridiculous. And, and as far as the loser of the week, I'm, I'm on the same page with you guys, uh, and specifically not just, the, not just Missouri, but that communications professor that was trying to provoke violence against a, a, uh, a member of the media um, from her own university. She's a communications uh, professor. Uh, and by the way, the students who have taught, who have learned anything from her uh, or have attended her classes, they're e- probably even a bigger loser um, because they've had to listen to the drivel that, that this woman probably puts forth. Uh, so that's my, my loser is uh, definitely Missouri and that, that professor. Who I won't even name her name. I, I don't want to give her Melissa Click. One more winner, sure. The veterans. The veterans. Absolutely. Absolutely. To all you veterans out there, past, present, future, Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm proud to consider you a brother and a sister. Anyone that puts on that uniform, I'll tell you, I wrote today, you know, when I was traveling, when I was stationed overseas, I would wear that that American uniform with pride, and it meant something. People had respect for that uniform. Yeah, not so much anymore, unfortunately. We, we need to change we need to change that because, um, you know, we, we, we owe just it to turned him. into it. We, 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 we do. We owe it to them. So we'll fix that in the in the election cycle for sure. All right, guys, any closing comments? No, I, listen, thanks a lot. I'd like to thank Michael the Whip Holtz, you know, Holtz for helping set this thing up down here. I'd like to thank Peter Shaw, PCB Cigars, for allowing us to have this great place to do the show from. And to you guys for, for helping me get this thing set up. It sounded great from down here, guys. Very good. All right, folks, that's all we've got for today. Thank you for your, uh, for your listening. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook at What's Your Point, Twitter at Pointing to You, and on, and on iTunes now. Now you can pick up the show on iTunes and Podbeam as well. Just search the name of the show, What's Your Point. Just sh- search for What's Your Point. We'll have this show. 
Absolutely. All right, that's it, folks. Thanks again, and have a good night.